Welcome to the Rethink Podcast. Well, how about that? This is episode five of the Rethink Podcast. Yeah. And uh, it's also a special edition episode where it's kind of lonely. It's just Megan and I in our living room and that's it. Yeah. Just us two. Oh, wait. We're not in our living room, though. We're in the guest room. Either way, though, uh, things have been really crazy for me because it is finals week. And I have been working on homework assignments all day long. And now we're here recording, and it's going to be great. But it's also going to be a shorter episode than normal. I hope that everyone's okay with that. But, uh,. Just got a few things to talk about before we get into Ephesians chapter 6 and we get to finish off the book of Ephesians. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of you know me. I'm your host, Bryant. I'm uh, the leader of Rethink, but I'm joined here with my wife, Megan. She leads worship for us a lot, and uh, it's been really fun doing a podcast together uh, while we're all separated. We just want to remind you guys the reason why we're doing a podcast is because of the coronavirus and uh, all in-person ministry has been shut down for a little while we're on episode five so that means six weeks six weeks of no rethink and man it's starting to take a toll don't you think oh yeah i'm ready for it to be done i'm ready to go back to normal but until then we're still going to be meeting at seven on monday nights it's just not going to be in person we're going to be listening to this podcast and then you uh, call someone up afterward and talk about the questions at the end. That way we can keep the community alive and stay connected and still be challenged and growing through this season as we read God's word together. Like I said, we're in Ephesians wrapping that up today. I hope that you've been able to follow along with us and, and we're looking forward to it. I feel like it's been a really good challenging book. Yeah, I loved going through Ephesians. I feel like there's been so much, so much challenging things and it's actually really been really encouraging and good for the season that we're in yeah definitely i think it's it's perfect and we brought this up a lot in the beginning uh is that paul wrote this from prison he wrote this from isolation and so we 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 can relate to him a little bit in the situation that we're in now is most of us are stuck at home away from friends uh hopefully most of you who are listening are still able to be working but if not i hope you're keeping yourself occupied Megan and I have been uh, doing pretty good about keeping ourselves occupied, too. Don't you think, Megan? Yeah. I mean, I've probably been lazier than I should be, but <laughs> but yeah, no, I think we've we've had quite a few projects and cleaning and organizing and building things. Yeah, I, we've been building stuff and gardening, too. We just started doing yeah. that this week, and that's been fun. We got our vegetable garden in, and but that's basically what we've been up to during the shutdown. Um hope that everyone who's listening has been able to keep occupied but we wanted to up you update you guys on the coronavirus shutdown we still don't have an official uh, relaunch date for rethink we're really looking forward to the time when we get to meet together again um, and we'll keep you guys updated with that make sure that you uh, follow us on instagram that's rethink underscore mac that way you can stay updated too with stay connected with everything that's going on but as soon as that day comes it's going to be amazing we're going to have a big relaunch party and all all kinds of different stuff we're going to be changing this is like a natural transition time for our ministry and so we're looking forward to everything that's in store coming up when we get to meet together again someday yeah for sure we just got to remember though and i think that it's been going awesome is 
our goal for this season is that everyone will see that home is our first church. We really believe that's what God is teaching his church right now, is that it all starts at home. You shouldn't depend on Sunday morning. You shouldn't depend on hanging out at Rethink or anything like that for your relationship with God, but it's something that should transcend all the different parts of your life. And uh, home is your first church. It all starts at home. It all starts in your daily life. Well, Megan, how can we stay connected with No Church or Rethink? Follow us on social media to stay updated on what we are doing to stay connected. Perfect. Make sure that you guys do that. Follow us on Instagram. We got Facebook too. It's not as active. I don't know. Facebook's kind of kind of for old people now, but that's cool. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't man. use Facebook, but I'm I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty hip. I'm with it, so, you know. A lot of people use Facebook. Well, yeah. A lot of lame people. And we use Facebook. We post things to Facebook. On our Rethink page. Yeah, we do. We do. So you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram as long as you stay updated. And make sure above all else that you listen to this podcast. Listen at work, listen in the car, and then talk about the questions at the end. Uh, Megan, do we have any good news today? Yes. From the goodnewsnetwork.org. They have found that air pollution in in big cities, major world cities, has dropped. Um, by as much as 60% during the COVID shutdowns. Well, that's nice. Look at us. Yeah. People are staying indoors, even though I honestly feel like it's busier everywhere now. I know. I really feel like I can't go anywhere without standing in line, and it's so frustrating. But I guess that's probably like restaurants and stuff because like people can't go inside. So it is annoying. But apparently, I guess, yeah, people are not driving around as much and we are saving our planet that's right gotta save the earth by (laughs) staying inside i don't know how i feel about that but no (laughs) (laughs) but that is still some good news about everything going on is that pollution has been lowered all right well it's time for us to go ahead and get into some scripture now so go ahead and open up your bibles if you're able to to ephesians chapter 6 And we're going to read through this chapter and talk about it together. And then you are going to call someone and talk about the questions at the end. I'm going to go ahead and pray first. And then, uh, Megan, I'll have you read it. God, I pray right now that you'd meet us in this time as we're all separated uh, physically, Lord. I pray that we could stay connected socially, God, and that you would still move like we have seen you move through this time so far, Lord. We know that you're doing things in people's hearts and that awesome things are happening lord i I pray that we'd focus on the good in this season and not be brought down by the bad and then lord i I pray above all that you would speak through ephesians chapter 6 right now as a reading and you challenge people who need to be challenged and that everyone would hear what it is that this uh scripture has to say to us god your name i pray amen yeah so ephesians chapter 6 um i'm reading out of niv just so y'all know um it says starting in verse 1 Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear And with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eyes when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart, 
Serve wholeheartedly as if you are serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whatever they are slave or whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with him. I think it's important too that we mention a lot of people will see slaves being talked about in the Bible this way and they get very uncomfortable. You have to remember too, it's a part of the culture and a lot of the time it was something that people went into willingly. It's used a lot of times to paint a picture of the relationship that we have with God. Like right here, it talks about slavery being a slave to a, a person, someone who you work for. It says, obey them not only to win favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Yeah, I think, I think too, something to note about this, not at all is, is God saying that slavery is okay or slavery is, you know, right. But he is saying as followers of Christ, if you are in slavery as God's people, like have been, Uh, many, many times to honor the Lord with your work, to do everything to serve the Lord, do everything, um, serve wholeheartedly. Yeah, it is something that, uh, like I said, a lot of critics will read this and then they'll say, they'll, they'll get so fixated on the word slave, the term slave, the position of slave, that they throw it all out the window. But you have to remember that the, the point of what Paul's saying here isn't the slavery. That's just an example that he's using. He's saying even slaves, uh, o- obey your masters and do everything unto the Lord. And how that applies to us today is do everything with excellence, even at work. Yeah. Do everything with excellence. And, and like I said, you have to remember, slavery is completely different back then than it is now. Uh, oftentimes slavery was something that people chose to go into as a job for work. Yeah, it was, that's what I was saying. It's like, you know, people would have workers, you know, they would have slaves that are their workers and not every master of the slave is how it was in, in America, you know, in American history. It wasn't always like that. Yeah. And so don't get distracted by that. But the point of what Paul is saying here is he's continuing to build on the argument that he has been for the whole book. And that that is at the beginning of the book. Remember, we talked about this. We learn about the love and grace of God, the love of Christ, what he did for us. And then the rest of the book is our response, how we live out that love, that that grace, that calling that God has on us. And so Paul's explaining. He says, children, Obey your parents in the Lord. And then he says, Fathers, be kind to your children. Raise them up in God. Slaves, obey your masters. Do your work as if you're doing it for God. Masters, bosses, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, but treat them as equals with you because you both have the same master in heaven. So that's huge. Well, and he's making a parallel between children and their fathers and slaves and their master. 
which is kind of interesting. And I do want to point out this word caught me off guard and maybe it did for somebody else in verse five, where it says slaves obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Um, fear. I don't think it's talking about like, don't, you know, you're not afraid of your master, but it's that reverence, especially how it says, you know, just as you would obey Christ, we have a reverence for God. We have an honor and a respect and for him and his authority. And so I think that that is the type of fear that it's talking about is that you have a respect and a, a fear of reverence, um, for your master. Yeah. And, and I do love the whole principle behind all of this. The fact that God's love is so powerful that it changes the way that we live our life. We no longer want to be children that are disobedient and spit in our parents' faces. We don't want to be parents that are mean to their kids and don't care about them. We don't want to be lazy workers, and we also don't want to be threatening masters. But we want to live in a way that pleases God, and that's what this is all going back to is we love God so much that it changes the way that we behave and it changes our desires. Megan, could you keep reading now? Yeah. Picking up in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of, e- of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Megan, what what does it actually mean to put on the full armor of God? How do we live that out? Yeah, so I think it's a it's a daily Every, you know, I think every day we have to choose to, you know, put on the belt of truth. And that just means to carry, you know, remember the truth of, of Jesus, the truth of, you know, the word of who God is. And, you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And just to hold on to the truth of what scripture says. So when the enemy comes, we have truth to, to back to back it up and then moves on with, you know, the breastplate of righteousness. That is a protective, a breastplate is protective, um, and righteousness. As we grow to live righteously, that, that will protect us from the, the temptations of the enemy as he tries to, tries to bring sin and tempt us with, with all these things. If we are growing in righteousness, receiving righteousness from, from Christ, 
we're not tempted by those things. So he can't get us that way. Then it says your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You know, if your feet are fitted with readiness, but it comes from peace, then it's not a panic. You're not moving out of fear um, or doing something out of fear of what the evil one's going to do. But you have you're grounded in peace. And so you can stand firm. Um, And so I think that's what maybe that is talking about. And then the shield of faith which again is a protective thing. Like we just have this unwavering faith in who our God is, um, believing that he goes before us. He goes behind us. He is, he is our protector. He is victorious. We are victorious through him. So having that faith, I feel like is, you know, like a force field around us that the enemy can't get through. And then, um, And like it says, yeah, it's like, (laughs) this reminds me like a force field because it says, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And then the helmet of salvation. And that's just like, that protects, you know, our brain. Our brain is, is what controls our whole body, you know? And so you have that helmet of salvation and that's really where it starts. We make a, make a choice uh, to be saved. And it kind of starts with head knowledge and then moves into the heart knowledge. And so, I don't know, just to protect our mind, we need to put on that helmet of salvation. And then the sword of the spirit, that is the the one thing that I think is it changes from being like a protective armor to an actual God has given us his spirit to fight. Um, He's given us, which it says, which is the word of God to fight um, the enemy and to go after. So we are protected by all of these things. God protects us and he has given us tools to be protected. Um, And he also gives us his spirit to fight against the evil one. And then uh, Paul ends that section out by asking for them to pray for him that whenever he speaks, words will be given to him and that way he can make known the gospel. And I, I think it's important too that we Pray that for ourselves and for each other, that, that we would all be able to fearlessly preach the gospel at all times, and that way our lives can have an impact for God, and we can all play our part in growing the kingdom of God and, and ushering in the kingdom of God to this world. Hey, Megan, could you go ahead and finish off the chapter from verse 21? Yeah. To Caicus, we're going to say that, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am. And what I am doing, I am sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God and the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And there is the uh, tender farewell that Paul gives to us, and that's it for the Ephesians chapter six. Thanks for going on this journey with us guys and uh, we hope that you were encouraged by reading this book with us I hope that you were challenged and that you're living different now after after going through this study even if it's just by things that God spoke to you personally while you were reading this book with us and now it is time for us to get into some questions so go ahead and uh, call up a friend or text them tell them to listen to the podcast and then you can go through these with them here they are What does it look like to wear the armor of God? What can you do to make this a reality in your life? 
What was the most powerful part of the book of Ephesians that stood out to you? Short episode this week and only three questions, but we hope that you guys were encouraged by this and that you enjoyed it. Before we go, though, Megan, do you have uh, any final thoughts? Yeah. Again, I just encourage you to remember to put on the armor of God, that it's all available for you, that, you know, this is a picture. This is a, you know, he's saying a practical, we have to, we put it on. It's not, um, it's available to us. God has all of the armor set out for each of us. And so every day, um, put those things on, um, you know, figuratively, or I don't know if that's the right word. Um, but just put those things on and be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Like that, is the very beginning, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He is the one that is powerful and he um, is fighting for you, but he also has given you tools to protect protect yourself against the schemes of the enemy. So, And uh, my final thought after going through this book of Ephesians is that God's love truly is the only thing that transforms our hearts and our minds, and the way that we behave, and uh, I just hope that everyone would be able to get to a point in their walk with Jesus where they are totally transformed, and in love with him, and living a life for him completely. Nothing else matters except for him. Great, that'll do it uh, for episode five of the Rethink podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that anyone else who's in finals week like I am is doing okay Uh, There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's almost summertime, guys. And uh, until next week, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.